yellow. Yellow. How's it going? Oh, you know, everything's super normal and good, and just a regular, regular, regular times that we live in is how the saying goes. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I was thinking the same thing. I don't know if I have anything to talk about. Yeah. How, how are your but, regular times going? My regular times are super regular, super normal. Um, you know, same old, same old, nothing new here. But uh, All right, we're going to be... Good talk. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> That's good. We'll uh, we'll make it a non doom and gloom podcast because you know I feel like there's a lot of doom and gloom going on, and we don't need to contribute to that. All right, I got to mentally reset then. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> if you had a whole if you had a whole bit and a whole set you wanted to do, uh... no, no, not really. It's just it's just weird times, man. Weird, weird yeah. times for I guess for for posterity's sake, we're recording this on Saturday, March twenty first, twenty twenty. Year of the plague, uh, yeah. Year zero, as it'll become known as uh, in Definitely the after times. Did you ever, uh, did you ever read the Stand by Dude, Stephen I King? I was just about to ask you that. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, okay. Not you know, the, the Stand is different because that one like kills most people, and this one just makes you sick and incapacitates a small, you know, minority of people. But I have been thinking about it. Yeah, there's definitely been some some things where it's just like how empty the roads are and everything, and just like I don't know, I want to kind of go back and reread it, but I don't know if, I, if it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it might be too too close to real life. You'd be looking out for those for for Randall Flag character. That was his name, right? The bad guy. Yeah, that was yep. You got it. Yeah, it's weird. All right, so we're obviously talking in the midst of the early days of the coronavirus situation going on here. Uh, where we sit today, which is probably very different than where things will be tomorrow or next week because things have just been moving so quickly. Uh, basically, what, California, Illinois, New York all have orders to essentially keep people inside um, except for like going to the grocery store. I've basically been living that way for the past week and a half. Uh, most schools are closed. Uh, with no real sense of when they may open again, um, any other kind of like main like societal things going on um, right now I mean, to, to in, mark our point in time. I mean, in our world, it's the whole every restaurant's closed for dining right. oh, services. Oh yeah, of course, so obviously. Like, the entire restaurant industry is basically shut down currently. Yep. Um. Yep. So yeah, things like that. Things like that. All right. So, how have you? What's? How has this been affecting you uh, so far? And what have you, and Haley and Boca uh, been doing uh, in this time of social isolation? Yes, I guess this is technically like day six of like the kind of forced quarantine. You know, once the governor of uh, Massachusetts kind of came out and kind of gave all those same parameters of the restaurants closing and things like that. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's been pretty much, I obviously don't have any shifts at the barn, the wedding venue or at the restaurant. Right. Um, the is your restaurant is, doing takeout? They are doing takeout. Um, but I think, I mean, it, it is keeping a couple people employed, but as yeah. far as, um, actual numbers, they laid off everybody. Are they um, doing any sort of delivery? They're not. They're just doing curbside pickup right now. I mean, last night you it should was offer. Busy. You should offer to be a delivery man for the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Uh, and I was talking to some people in the company, and uh, they are. I mean, they're sitting down every day and trying to think like, what is the plan if this lasts a month? What is the plan if this lasts three months? What is? Right. Um, obviously, there's this is the time of uncertainty, so no one really knows anything. But so yeah, the restaurant and the barn are both essentially closed. Um, I mean, like the people working in the restaurant right now to to do the carryout orders is like the two main chefs, and then like high up management is like answering the phones and stuff. Um, right. Like, uh, so basically, kind of drawing. They don't have anything else to do. But, yeah, exactly. So um, that's kind of what's going on there. So I haven't worked there in a while. Um, we'll talk about it more at the end or later in the episode. But the farm is operating, but at really low capacity because. Who knows where? I mean, this is the one time being a farm that grows strictly for a restaurant, um, yeah. and restaurants is actually biting us a little bit in the ass because 
we don't have other markets set up yet. Not that it wouldn't be possible to set up other markets, but it's just taking some time to consider like, what are we going to do if we can't move everything via the restaurants, um, which right. we wouldn't be able to with the quantity that we could produce. So yeah. yeah. But hmm. all right, but it's this is, this is potentially <laughs> too doomy and gloomy. However, I would be very uh, in favor of farms continuing to operate at peak capacity because mm -hmm. who knows what may or may not happen with the standard uh, kind of food supply lines in this country. Yeah, and that's kind of something I was going to talk about later. Which like we haven't had a problem with yet, and there yeah. seems to be no indication yet. However, I don't think this is a short-term thing that we're talking about here. I think we're settling in for the long haul, and who knows you know, what we may eventually get to. Having access to fresh food that you have grown seems like it would be a good thing. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's something that we could talk about later too. Is I was I've been thinking basically and talking to other farmers like, what does this mean about the future of food, and could there be like a positive to come out of this that the the food chain becomes more local again as people realize that maybe you know it's right now it's unsafe to go into a giant supermarket and shop amongst other people. You know, is it better to be able to contact a local farm who can deliver to you or set a box aside, or you can go to a small outdoor farm stand? Um, so there are definitely like as a farmer, some positives that could come out of this. It also reiterates that like, hey, I'm in a line of work that um, is pretty, you know, necessary no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever the future holds, knowing that, you know, whatever I'm doing can continue is going to be needed no matter what is is kind of reassuring. Yeah. That being said, I'm actually currently laid off from the farm at the restaurant. Um, so that was kind of a a little bit of a shock. I was supposed to start on Tuesday, and I found out this past week that um, basically because I'm an hourly employee and they're only keeping like management and up on that I was laid off. And so there was a little bit of uncertainty there with trying to convince the higher ups that you know maybe we got to keep the farm operating at normal capacity. Um, right. Even if that this isn't the type of thing that you can like change your mind on in like the middle of July and be like, okay, let's do yeah. the farm now. Well, yeah. like, you kind of missed your window. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, right now is when you need to be making all those decisions. You can't start onions in July because, yeah. you know, they need the full season to grow. You can't up your production on probably 50% of the things you grow halfway through a season. Um, it just doesn't work that way. So it's, but it's also tough because it's justifying like we're going to be paying people money to work on a farm right now where we don't necessarily know where we're going to move it to, right. to pay for it and things like that. Um, so that being said, actually, I am starting not next week but the week after working on a different farm uh, a friend of ours um, runs a nonprofit farm in Concord uh, I think I've talked about them before but uh called gaining ground they grow basically the way we grow but on three acres instead of one and they are a volunteer based farm they are they have 2,000 plus volunteers a year um, but can't really do that right now so all of their volunteers are obviously um, postponed for the foreseeable future, but their um, board wants them operating at full capacity because all the food they grow goes to Boston food banks and homeless kitchens and things like that. Um, so they serve a very you know needed market right now and probably people that will be semi-forgotten as this continues on. So wait, so um, they are paying you? You're not a volunteer? No, yeah. So they're hiring larger staff to kind of gotcha. try and prepare for it. And I already know Doug, who's the farm manager, um, and he knew my situation because Kaylee, his girlfriend, is my boss. And uh, so he basically is scooping me up for the foreseeable future, um, nice. which is good for me because that means I can I can go back to farming, which is what I've been dying to do. Right. Um, it's a little. I mean, it's one week later than I was going to before, but. Um, better I'm than not excited. at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm just excited to farm again. Um, so that's kind of like what my plan is for the upcoming future. Uh, the way I've been spending the quarantine, I've been working at Hayden's house almost every day for some capacity of three to six hours working on floors. Uh, <laughs> nice. You're a real, a real floor expert now. Yeah. Well, we're almost done with laying them at least. Um, I think by middle of next week, we should have this entire house floored. Um, which would be pretty awesome. It's actually, it's incredibly satisfying to see. Um, I, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm no carpenter or craftsman. It's not like my dream job, but 
it is keeping me semi-sane during this to, to be doing something else. We have right. a, fair, a fairly small apartment, so. <laughs> right, yeah. I was going to ask, you know, the, the, the three of you home together all the time. Um, mm. How's that going? I it's guess you haven't been there, so, you know. No, it's, it's, it's going pretty good. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm here most of the time, maybe a couple hours a day. I'll be over at Hayden's. Um, but it's good. I mean, we've had decent-ish weather recently. We still live on the farm. You know, we're still around a lot of green space. Um, I think the the plan for the future will be, I mean, Haley's still employed and everything and still has her job. But, you know, just like everyone else, the workload's going down. Um, is she? I mean, she is working from home, right? Yep. Yeah, she's working from home. Um so, I mean, there is a lot of, of free time to work on things. We're trying to, like, find projects, whether that be house projects or things to do. I'm sure everyone's doing this to, like, you know, make time pass. Yeah, what, sort of, what sort of projects do you find? We've just been trying. Well, we, I'm actually talking to you from the other side of the living room. We, we rearranged uh, the layout of the apartment. Um, nice. For, Classic. For, yeah. <laughs> Classic time on the hand. Time on the hand. Spending a lot of time at, at the apartment move. <laughs> Yeah, well, we discovered, I mean, you, this isn't helpful for everyone, but you know kind of the way our apartment's laid out, and essentially we flipped where the, my desk was and everything and the TV were, so I'm kind of no longer sitting along the, the stairway there over the, there where yeah. Link could talk to me through the wall, Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm now on the other wall, and we mainly did that because we've been wanting to hang up a lot of artwork that we have. We have a ton of mm-hmm. paintings and pictures and things that we've been meaning to make into like, you know, like a gallery wall or something, and and decorate them put them up but um we had just been putting it off but this gave us a much larger blank space to work with so nice we've hung we've hung some art we've potted up some plants we've you know those kinds of things um i don't know i'm cleaning a lot cooking a lot <laughs> nice but um yeah so i mean nothing nothing too too crazy over right now i have some ideas for things i want to do if depending on how long this this whole thing lasts for but in terms of maybe getting my my old website back up and running um just to get myself some some writing and some kind of an outlet for maybe i don't know this was supposed to be the year of new experiences and experimentation but uh (laughs) well i mean it could still can be just you know maybe in a more constrained physical area yeah so there's definitely i mean a lot of the things i've wanted to do um and plus quarantine is a new experience that you know what that's true i should mark that down yeah. I've never quarantined before, so. <laughs> but um, I mean that's the main that's the kind of the main thing going on right now. Um, how about you guys? How are you how are you faring over there? Uh, so in some ways, you know, this is not too different from just my normal reality in the sense that I was primarily working from home already and going into the client's office periodically. Those trips into the office have stopped in the past couple of weeks. Um, I think last time we spoke, we talked about how I had some travel canceled, yep. uh, which happened, uh, you know, that, 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 or which, you know, didn't happen that, that travel, none of, none of the travel that I thought I was going to do in March, which was basically every week, yeah. uh, has happened. Um, there's, you know, obviously a lot of stuff for us to talk about at the ready internally to like, how do we get through this? Because, you know, with, the quarantine and all the social isolation stuff and just the huge uncertainty we're probably getting ready to go into an economic downturn i mean we already are as you mm-hmm. mentioned you know so many people being laid off so many companies struggling with everybody having to move to remote um and consultants management consulting is probably not necessarily high on many uh, organizations kind of business continuity plans when they're in a time of crisis like this. Yeah. So, you know, we have a little bit of a runway to figure this out. We have basically three, uh, really large transformation projects. My project being one of them that all, um, have contracts that run either through May, June or July. So, Assuming that they don't try to back out of any of those contracts, we have at least until like the May, June type time period to figure out what we're going to do or line up some more work uh, for for ourselves. Um, so it's not like we're immediately hurting there. And, you know, we can talk about this either today or some other time, but I think we're decently set up in terms of the type of work we do and the reality that organizations are facing now. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, basically 
everything that we talk about with organizations being more adaptive and being able to trust their people more and being able to respond to uncertainty quicker and respond to their environment in a in a more flexible way like that like we're living that right now and mm-hmm. organizations really need to figure out how to do that well both in the short term um, but probably in whatever the new normal is that we that we come out of um, so I think the work we do is actually like really valuable the problem is that in this kind of high anxiety high fear state mode that I think a lot of our clients or potential clients are in you're just not going to look at consulting as like a mission critical thing and maybe I'm wrong maybe we're going to be able to kind of Fine. Well, first of all, maybe I'm wrong in the sense of like the economic disruption that we're going to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I'm super wrong on that, though. I think it's going to be bad. Um, but maybe I'm wrong in that there will there will be an understanding, at least maybe from some of the more enlightened leaders in the world out there, that this is not just about like, all right, help us figure out how to go remote, uh, but like help us figure out how to survive this sort of situation um and i think we're decently well situated to to help with that so it'll be an interesting couple of months as we try to line up new projects to see what the environment uh is like and you know honestly there are some industries where they're not going to be hurting uh yeah. that they're actually trying to figure out how to like scale up or how to handle all of the demand that they're seeing a lot of the various tech companies that create tools to help with remote work you know zoom and all these other slack things like that they're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed right now um you know company like grocery i mean grocery stores are overwhelmed right now and there are probably other industries that are looking to maybe looking for help to kind of do to, to get through this in a positive way so maybe we can kind of realign ourselves in to be a little bit more industry specific. Um, but it's going to be, uh, you know, for a couple of months, us experimenting with how do we, how, what, what is the, what's the new landscape look like for selling this type of, of work? And, you know, we got to figure it out by May, June, July, because that's when our slate of major projects that are keeping the company afloat. end. and if there's nothing after that, well, then we're, we're in a bad situation. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, like, like you said earlier, it's so hard to know what six days, three days from now is going to be like totally. in terms of uh, so many things that obviously no one's expected or didn't expect to happen this fast um, are happening. So I know everyone keeps talking every day. We talk like I meet with people and I said, you know, now I've heard it to be three months long or I actually heard it's this and I heard it's this. And, we you know, it's hard to plan for anything like that. I mean, I'm sure you guys talk about, you know, adaptability and, and being ready for these type of uh it's, it's in our know, name. Radical changes. <laughs> yeah, I know you're the exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, what is like? I mean, what, what, what do companies do to prepare for something? Maybe not necessarily a pandemic, but just something like this that you know can shake up your entire industry yeah. or I guess a nation. Like, what do you guys? What, well, when you're, yeah. I mean, I I don't want to over overstate like what we could, what we can do or how we can help companies prepare. Like to a certain extent, there are certain things that happen in the world. And I think the overall kind of shutdown of the economy is one of those things where like, there's not that much you can do. You guys can't do anything about that? Can't do anything about that. (laughs) However, you know, there are things like, so over the past two weeks, I bet you Haley is experiencing this a little bit. um, Companies are trying to figure out how do they keep, normal operations while everybody is newly remote. So Mm -hmm. most organizations are not set up uh, both from a technological standpoint or from a cultural standpoint for everyone to suddenly be working from home. Um, That's not even talking about kind of the, the individual skills and behaviors that you and habits that you need to be good at working from home if you've never done it before. Uh, So on the one hand, We've been trying to help some of our clients just in the short term triage the reality of trying to move to a remote work environment and how do you have meetings on phone and video calls in an effective way. It's not just you don't just simulate the the home office. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't just simulate the office at home basically or through tech tools. That's not that's not going to work. 
Um, so companies that are more that, that trust their people more and have already maybe some flexible working policies where people can work from home if they want and they've you know they've they've figured out how to do that they're obviously in a much better position right right now um and i think that is you know a, a very simple example of how you can be more adaptive as an organization like if you as a manager feel like you have to know what your people are doing at every moment uh, and be looking <laughs> over their shoulder at every moment. You're in a, like you're having a bad time right now because that's hard to do uh, in a re- remote, 100% remote working environment. But if yeah. you are a manager or a leader who trusts your people to get their work done, even if it's not at the normal kind of nine to five hours, uh, then you know things are more okay, and this is not as disruptive. And that's just like a really simple. Um, example of, of kind of what organizations could be doing differently. And I think maybe coming out of this, it'll be interesting to see how many companies uh, realize or people realize that their job could very easily be done from home. And yeah. why am I going to go back into an office now? Because offices, for the most part, are terrible and commutes are terrible. So I'm hoping, you know, a uh, one of the outcomes, one of the positive outcomes, if there are any of this, is that organizations start to realize that they don't have to like create this panopticon environment where they can see what everyone is doing all the time and people can work from anywhere. Um, you know, again, the types of jobs where you're basically sitting in front of a computer. There are obviously plenty of jobs where you actually have to be at a location, um, and that's you know that's a different situation. But you know, knowledge work jobs where you're typing on a computer i don't see why you have to go into an office for that yeah i was just gonna i was gonna ask you about that but you kind of touched on it and i've read part of an article that was talking about you know the same thing trying to find positives that could come from this and and one of them was you know could this be like a a huge shakeup for the idea of you know so many companies were so unwilling to even attempt remote work yeah um that for once we got a situation that gave them no choice um if they wanted to keep operating they needed to do remote work well and the Um, the other part of that though unfortunately is that a lot of people are getting a taste of remote work for the first time in a really messed up situation like this is not normal work from home experiences for a lot of people a lot of these companies don't have the technical um, bandwidth or capabilities for it to be a good experience. So people, you know, VPNs are overloaded. Uh, I know a couple of our clients are prohibiting video calls because it eats up too much bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like a good experience. I'm a little bit worried that the the other the the other result of this could be companies say like, oh, well, we tried that remote thing and it was <laughs> terrible. So no way yeah. we're ever doing that again. Yeah, and the other thing too, I think at least from people I know that are working from home is that. Um, this isn't your normal workload either. So yeah. like, you know, for example, you know, Haley's at a company that, that is retail and retail's not, you know, they're not selling much stuff right now, you know, stores yep. are closed. So you're, you're, you might feel like the, oh, another thing could be that this working from home thing is super easy because you don't actually have that much work to do. You do your three hours yeah. of work and then you're, you know, you're kind of free and just on call, but that's not necessarily what would happen in a normal situation because, you know, you're working at, 20% of your normal workload or something along those lines. So that's another variable that's like maybe giving people a, a different vibe for what this work from home thing is really like, but maybe it's yeah. a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, I know because other things kind of going on from our, so Emily's working from home, mm-hmm. um, having all sorts of tech problems I'm sure. working, working from home because she you know works for the government basically yeah. and, and works at the pentagon so uh, they have some pretty intense technical security type Jeez, name, stuff. name drop much sam Just name drop in the pentagon <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> um and then i don't think it comes as name dropping if you're naming a building <laughs> no, I, think, I think it does okay. i think it carries the same weight sure 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 <laughs> um you know i'm i'm sitting with the uh the fun reality that i just signed up for a uh office uh outside mm-hmm. of my house that i can't they, go to are they still open or no they closed the i don't i think it may still technically be open but should you just go there maybe and sit down maybe just sit <laughs> i in don't office? think that would be very smart of me <laughs> no probably but, not. i mean the reality is that it's a private office so i would be there by myself I can yeah. basically see the elevator that I need to be in to go from the parking garage to my office from my office. So it's mm-hmm. a very quick shot to my private office. 
Yeah. And I could drive myself. I don't have to take the metro. I could drive myself to the parking lot that is under the building and go directly up to it. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it would be that bad. But then again, you know, it's a co-working space and there are a lot of dirty people just around. And yeah. I don't I'm kind of trying to take as seriously as possible. Like, I don't want I'm trying to do my part by staying home and staying socially isolated. In some ways, I feel like I've been training my whole life for this. Mm-hmm. Like, you're telling me that the best thing that I can do right now is stay at home and, order and not donuts. go anywhere and, like, just be chill at home? Like, I I have finally found the thing that I can do to contribute to the world at the level that I know I can. Uh, wow. So I'm taking it seriously. Uh, so I'm not, I mean, I'm leaving the apartment to go for a run once a day, usually. Yeah. And that's it. Like, Emily and I are, are home. Oh, and I guess I've gone to the grocery store a couple times because grocery delivery is super broken in D.C. right now. Is so it? I do have to go to the grocery store, um, you know, like a plebe. Yeah, well, they're same here. But there's a uh, there's a, a company that could use some serious revamping when this is all, if this continues on, is this whole idea of, you know, so many people need to get, want and need to get to the store, obviously. But uh I'm sure those those I don't know who who does all those delivering even those apps anymore, but um, there's probably a great space there to uh. Well, yeah, I mean, I've ramp up their work. I don't, well, and I've also been sitting with and I tweeted about this I think last week, like this uncomfortable question that I'm sitting with, which is, I want to support restaurants that you can't go sit in now, but are still doing delivery and takeout. Mm-hmm. So I'm you know I want to order from them. However, I also like the people who are having to work in that restaurant or come and deliver my food. They're not more than likely don't have great health benefits. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not maybe like wearing protective equipment. I feel badly that I am contributing to a a system of capitalism where these people are having to like work in these conditions but also yeah. like i want to keep the, like if i don't order then they don't have any money and maybe the yeah. restaurant closed. it's a very confusing time as a somewhat socially conscious um pretty liberal uh person yeah you gotta choose what what hill you're gonna die on and what <laughs> and so far what? that hill has not been not delivering takeout to my apartment yeah well you've always been a takeout boy I know, but in normal times, I feel like people (laughs) don't have to risk their life and limb in a pandemic to bring me the food. That's true. That's true. But the world's kind of a gross place, anyways. So I'm not. Just to be clear, I'm not worried about me getting sick. I feel bad that the delivery people are having to work in this environment. No, I get that. Okay, just want to make sure. The (laughs) other thing, very nice of you. The other thing that I'm sitting with, kind of like in retrospect, and again, it's amazing how fast things have moved over the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh. We bought a new car. Well, we were releasing a new car. And Mm -hmm. as I'm sitting here, you know, having just talked about how my company is going to be in dire straits in like three months if we aren't able to successfully navigate this and maybe having my source of income go away, uh, signing up to a multi-hundred dollar car payment every month in this moment just prior to a pandemic was maybe not the greatest idea. However, I think there is a silver lining. And that silver lining is if things go truly apocalyptic, I want a reliable car, not what we were (laughs) driving. So having a brand new car, uh, I feel pretty good about. I mean, we did go from an SUV to just like a a Camry. So it's not like we we got like the most, you know, off-road capable road. It's not real kind of like Mad Max worthy uh, type of situation. However, um, you know, a a 2020 car uh, is probably better suited for apocalypse than a uh, 2004 uh, car that's true well let's be honest sam if things go south you're not making it out of dc that's i'm already out of dc man i'm already on the out I'm on, I'm on the outskirts i think in in like 15 minutes we could be out in the boonies all right yeah you think so? i could go up into the mountains the shenandoah mountains that's where i'm going well this might be a good time as always to bring up what our our i was talking to my coworker about this we talked about this last year we love our about what our apocalypse here. jobs are not even apocalypse jobs, uh, our okay. apocalypse plan as a family. We've uh, always okay. had one of where we meet, what we do. And I think it's funny that this is, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of real. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, it's kinda of coming back up a little bit. And I've been thinking uh, about like, all right, you know, I looked at the drive and like that's gonna be a two at least a two day haul for, for Haley and I. What we to go back to Michigan? It. Nah, that's not, we're, we can't grow food in Michigan. Where, okay. where do we need where do we have 
we can't give away our, our total options. I was just, well, be... I thought maybe you were saying, oh, I want to be with family because I was, I was no. going to give you a hard time about that. So where are you, go- where are you going? So family, where, where else would we go where we can grow more year-round, Sam? You're going to Kentucky. We're not going to go to Michigan. I'm going to Kentucky. All right. You can't grow year-round in Kentucky. No, but you can grow mostly year-round. Why don't you go further south? Because we have – I'm not going to try and buy land. I'm talking about where we have – Oh, there's no buying house. land in the apocalypse, my friend. Just go take <laughs> some. I'm sorry. I thought our family plan was always to all gather in, in, in Kentucky. Kentucky. All right. And, and you know – yeah, We can reconvene there. At least we yeah, – we've got – you know. Thing. Our kin, our kin is there. We can help yeah. support each other. Plus, let's countless. be very, very honest. Our our Kentucky family is so much more capable than oh, for sure. than us in a situation like this. And we're gonna have to make some hard choices. I mean, someone, a couple, are not gonna make it probably. Um, Who do you we'll think will make that. it? Well, I I really hate to. You know, I don't want to talk about it like this, Sam. It's too soon. <laughs> Wait, is it me? But, no, no. I think you'd be okay. I'll get there. Um, it's not that. It won't be that bad of a drive. I think it'll be like a ten-hour drive for yeah, everyone. I think I'm, I'm more. Once we get there, I'm more worried about like you know, Louie. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Dad. You know what's? Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's you know, it's storytelling. I mean, maybe that's a valuable skill that we need. <laughs> like some sort of like spirits. bard. Yeah, to keep spirits high. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm thinking like Grandpa's got a lot. If of, we're keeping our spirits skill. high by Dad's <laughs> stories, things truly have gone apocalyptic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but oh, yeah, so I'm, I've just been thinking, you know, can always farm, can always farm in Kentucky. Well, I um, found out, I found out a couple of days ago that Grandma Nan listens to this podcast. So, Grandma, heads up, we're if things get way. bad, we're coming your way. This is probably the first you're hearing of it. Yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, she, she was always prepared for it. We came down all those summers. We were used to sleeping, you know, a lot of people in that house. So, um, it's kind you, of back they, of have a, they, they have a garden that you could work in. More, yeah, I mean, they have a garden, but they also just have a lot of land that you can work yeah. in. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, it's really hard to understand the politics down there, but I feel like they own a lot of land. Who knows? <laughs> there <laughs> seems to be a lot of land around. I'm not really sure who owns it, but yeah, I don't know who owns what down there, but hey, we could probably figure it out. Yeah, but <laughs> all right. Anyways, I don't want to give away our full, you know. Yeah, where we're, we're gonna be exactly. We take we take all that back. You don't know where in Kentucky we're going. So Sam, there's something we need to talk about, which was this was supposed to be. Your month of sit. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. I've been doing it. I was saying full quarantine. How is your month of sit going? <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Let's look at my, uh, let's look at my app. I've been doing about twenty minutes a day, um, mostly in the morning. Uh, but I've been doing a pretty good job of doing it in the evening if I if I don't get to it in the morning. So let's see. My app is saying my stats last seven days eighty six percent. Last thirty days seventy percent. And I'm currently on a streak of five. It's not well, bad. Yeah, you're- Oh, it's not bad at all. And I was just thinking. I mean, I've missed three should, days this month, basically, so far. Do you think the quarantine is helping with your month of sit? Honestly, skewed data because you're kind of forced into sit. Maybe a little bit because if I think back to situations when I don't, when I don't meditate in the morning, it's often because I feel like I need to be somewhere pretty early, and I'm having to like run around a little bit, um, or I'm traveling or something like that so yeah i mean the fact that i don't have to go anywhere has probably helped i've also been you know me i'm a man of routine a man of ritual and i feel mm-hmm. like i've found a decent spot in my day where it goes um, break it break it down for us what's your what's well your... i'm usually up by six uh i'll drink coffee and um read from like six fifteen to seven meditate seven you know just after seven to around seven twenty seven thirty somewhere in there um, and then after that, it's usually get dressed, take a shower, eat some food. Um, I've been trying to do a, uh, a work from home commute, which is a half hour walk, uh, at like <laughs> eight. And then that means I'm back at my desk by eight 30 and, you know, working from eight 30 to roughly five. Um, and then trying to go for a run or a workout or a walk or work from home commute again, uh, at five. Gotcha. And then, you know, dinner, make dinner 6.15 to 7, dinner and watching something with Emily 7 to 8, so, uh, video games or, or book or whatever, or maybe another work block 8 to 10 in bed by 10. Wow, so structured. Well, that's what I shoot for. Like, I consider that my default day, and I'm happy to deviate from it if I need to for various reasons. Like, I had some early meetings this week where I kind of had to change that around, mm-hmm. but I know that... That if that's my default day, that's what I should be shooting for, unless I have a good reason not to. 
does Emily rock a fairly consistent routine or not really? Usually, yes, because well, when she's going to the office, she has to be at the office at 7 a.m., yeah. so she often gets up actually much earlier than me. Um, this week has been weird for a couple of reasons, working from home, part of it. Uh, she's studying for her oral qualifying exam, which is happening next week. She smashed her toe. She smashed the hell out of her toe. That was the main thing that happened this week. Um, we, may, I mean, I feel like she should tell this story. I don't think she's around at the moment. But basically, she essentially threw her hairdryer into her foot accidentally. It was falling okay. off the counter. And in the process of trying to catch it, she slammed, uh, she it. slammed it onto her toe. And it is the worst looking thing I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she tried to like shake it off, uh, later in the day. It was so painful. I took her to urgent care where they drained it, uh, by poking several holes in her toenail. Um, and then was it a sweet relief for them to see somebody walk in who just wanted something handled <laughs> like a toe? Like we the, were we could joking about like, <laughs> you know, the last place in the world we wanted to be in the early stages of a pandemic <laughs> was an urgent care. Urgent care. Yeah. So she like didn't even make me come with her, come in with her. I dropped her off. I had to preserve mm-hmm. my own my own health. So I dropped her That's off. Smart. She said though there was nobody in there. Oh, so wow. like it hasn't. This was like Tuesday or Monday of this week. Um, it hadn't really things hadn't really kicked into gear yet. So and then for a couple of days, it still just was in, in incredible pain. It had gotten kind of re swollen. So we took her to an actual foot doctor on Thursday, I think, where they numbed her foot up again and they used a terrible, terrible tool called an elevator. You guys elevator. described this to me and it hurts. A but tool called an elevator. And it's called an elevator because it elevates the toenail. Uh, <laughs> so they basically kind of like, Ugh, like lifted her toenail to drain out all the blood again. And they said it was a, a 100% hematoma. And I guess the physician, the physician assistant who was helping the doctor had never seen a hundred percent hematoma. So didn't know what it looked like. So he was excited to come over and finally get to uh, experience what that was. What is, what does that mean? I mean, basically under the toenail, like the, 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 the soft tissue in her toe was so traumatized and the capillaries like basically all exploded and it was just collecting blood under her toenail and building pressure. Um, so relieving that pressure again, um, helps uh, a lot and they gave her some antibiotics and she's keeping it wrapped and I think she's doing much better, but it seems like it was one of the most painful things that, she has ever experienced and she has experienced some pretty painful things yeah. like spinal taps and like various things like that and she said this was the worst wow yeah it was terrible uh, i think in uh, would you think in an apocalypse that kind of thing would take her down and she'd be done for oh yeah she <laughs> she'd be done i think we'd um we'd probably eat her okay yep. yeah yeah was just what i mean it had to be addressed but yeah. it's the kind of thing you can't walk on that you know yeah you it was know, just it do. was just like it was such a freak accident and it disrupted her week so much it was kind of sad and crazy yeah understandably so okay I was just i'm not and i'm not going to put a picture of her toe in the show no. notes although maybe no, i fine. will i may actually i don't know if i want to see that i, mean, I okay. cut my finger off with a knife okay no you're right those yep, pictures. Nope. just imagine a toe that is very very far too big and very purple can you maybe put like a the, the toe elevator thing in the show notes i don't know what that actually find? looks like I don't really want to know. She just described it to me, and I, I'm afraid to Google it. Okay. Um, so, anyways, this, this started from routine. So she. Oh yeah. She her routine is routine. usually pretty. Yeah, she's you know pretty structured usually, but part of her routine is going to Orange Theory, which is a group exercise class, which is mm-hmm. closed. Uh, so yeah. that is going to have to be recalibrated. It'll be interesting. I'm sure a lot of couples around the world are dealing with this right now is like kind of restructuring their routines for a situation where they don't usually, you know, spend this much time together. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, even Haley and I said the same thing. That's why like going to work on the floors and things like that, like having any amount of alone time to keep kind of what the routine used to be is is probably a good thing because going from seeing each other, you know, however many hours a day because of a, a work day in the middle to, you know, 24 hours a day can be i mean it's it can be pretty jarring well um, and one thing that i have we have already learned in our time of forced uh, togetherness this week is that i'm generally not allowed in the office when we're both working because i apparently type loud uh <laughs> so i work in the dining room now most of the time <laughs> when emily's trying to focus on her work that's great yeah. is her is her 
PhD and things on as normal. Do you know? Well, we were going to go. I mean, I'm so, I was supposed to be in California right now. We were supposed to fly yep. out today to go do that. Obviously not happening, especially since California is under, you know, some of the strictest rules about not leaving home. So the entire campus is closed. Uh, so she is doing it virtually on Tuesday. Uh, so she'll yeah. be on a call with her advisors and we'll do a, I think it's a two hour, uh, exam where they just grill her on her stuff. So that she's been studying very hard for that for a very long time. Like it lasts three months or so, like multiple hours a day. Uh, Well, at least it's still getting to move forward and not, you know, yeah, I'm sure sure. she just wants to get it over with very much so. And it's not like we can even like really go celebrate, like going out to dinner or anything afterward. So those have to cook something extra fancy. I guess so. Um, one more thing I want to touch on and we didn't, I think we maybe, maybe I said this offline at the end of last episode was, so you're a man who, who likes, uh, to declutter, likes to do this thing where he stops doing social media yeah. and listening to podcasts and then yeah. out of nowhere you follow people back on Instagram. I've been followed and refollowed by you probably. I, oh, probably by the way, I'm, I'm 100% off Instagram now. Okay. I deleted yeah, my I mean, account. Okay. So, you know, I feel like I've been followed and refollowed. By you yes, on things, it's you happened. know, five to ten times. Who of course, knows? you should feel honored. <laughs> Thank you. I, I always make the cut. I always come back. Which you know, yep. as your brother and you know someone you talk to <laughs> weekly for a podcast, I feel like yeah, I probably should be on that list. But yeah, it's fine. Um, but anyways, why don't you describe what this routine thing that you do is and why you do it, and apparently why some things didn't make the cut this time. It sounds like you were a bit more strict than normal. Well, I um, mean, I'm I right before this call, I was listening to Roderick on the line. So okay. like, podcasts are kind of back back in my life, and I've refollowed like fifty people on Twitter now. But I mean, if for, I don't know for something about the way my brain works. When I'm anxious and overwhelmed, uh, I look for things to get rid of uh, out of my life. Or if I'm feeling like I'm not spending my time doing the things that I know that I should be doing, writing or whatever, um, I will look at the things that I feel like are keeping me from that. Uh, rightfully or not, and and be like, get out of my life for a while. And I think mm-hmm. I have, in some ways, this unreasonable expectation of my own uh, abilities and um, based on my own ability to focus. So I, I look for things to, that are getting in the way of that and remove them. On the other hand, I mean, or in addition to that, I also just like doing experiments on myself. And yeah. seeing what it's like to change up my routine or the things that I think I have to do for a short period of time just to see what happens and how I feel about it. And maybe there's some sort of insight that I have about myself at the end of it that is useful beyond just the actual experiment. I mean, a lot of my experiments are not designed for creating forever habits that I'm never you know, going to change or anything like that. Like when I do these mm-hmm. digital declutters, it's not really with the idea being that I'm never going to use any of this ever again. It's more so like, how does it feel for a period of time to not have these things? And is there anything that these feelings are telling me that I want to carry forward into my more kind of permanent behavior? Gotcha. So, I mean, given the state of the world, I think I have been feeling quite anxious uh, and felt like it was a probably a good time to spend less time on Twitter, less time on social media in general, and focus on my own stuff. Um, like I said, I've kind of relaxed that in the past few days already. And yeah, I don't know. I have a conflicted relationship with things like Twitter. Like, I think I actually have some legitimate friendships with people who I know purely on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And also, Twitter is very good at giving me information that it's easy to just sit on my butt and listen to a podcast and scroll Twitter and and feel kind of quasi-productive in a way or feel like I'm informing myself when really I'm just making myself more anxious and not really uh, improving the state of my mind. So what things did you find that were like you missed the most once you started doing this? Because you've done this many times. I'm oh, yeah. Sure you have, you know... Each time might be a little bit different, but what thing always seems to come back as a thing that podcasts and Twitter or... always come back. Okay. okay, the things that have I've experimented with and that have become more permanent. I haven't had a Facebook account in years, and that yeah. started with you know I it it got caught up in one of these declutters, and I never felt the urge to come back to it. I think mm-hmm. that's also going to be the case with Instagram now, partially because I disabled my account, and when I went to re-enable it, 
on their end, it looks like they disabled it because I violated a rule, and I don't really feel like going back and forth with them. So I'll, yeah. I'm because I'm lazy and I don't want to deal with the administrative headache. I think that will be enough to keep me off Instagram forever now. Plus, I've been reading more and more about Facebook, and I hate that company, and I don't want yeah. to do anything part like I don't want to have any part of my online life touch Facebook. Facebook is garbage. So I'm happy to not be on Instagram ever again. Um, so those two things are totally gone. But what I always come back to is Twitter, it seems like, in some capacity, um, and podcasts. Like Those are the two things. So some of these podcasts that I've been listening to for like literally eight or nine years mm-hmm. are just such a part of my week. Um, and you know, there's the cliche of it feels like you know these people, even though obviously yeah. you don't, and they don't have any idea who you are. But you know, I, I think you probably get that same uh, sort of experience with the stuff That's, that you listen to as well. I think pretty much a lot of the same ones you listen to. When you yeah. poured 300, 400 hours of your life into listening to two to three people talk, yeah, um, yeah, you start to you start to feel like you know them fairly well. Um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to. I don't think cut off. You know, Roderick on the line, my brother, my brother and me, yeah, Flophouse. And I uh, have for like you know like a week or so at a time, and sometimes it is an, it is a nice break to not be listening to stuff and i think overall i would probably benefit from not from from having more quiet time for my own mm-hmm. thoughts because obviously you're not thinking like you're not like working through problems or working on your own creative ideas if you're listening to somebody else talk so yeah. i think sometimes podcasts can take up too much space um but they always end up coming back do you when you go for your runs or walks and stuff like that your your commutes um do you listen to anything or is that a quiet time i change for- it up you know sometimes yeah. I'll be listening to podcasts. Other times I'll commit to like for a week of always doing it without anything, without listening to anything. Sometimes I'll listen to music. It changes up. Gotcha. Yeah. So the declutter, you've, you've brought things back. A couple things back. Part of it, I think with the, the isolation, like so uh, Twitter definitely is like a social outlet for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not an incredibly social animal to begin with, but even for someone like me being 100% in my own apartment uh, makes me a little stir crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else going on with you? Um, I mean, not too much. We're supposed to get three inches of snow on Monday, which what? is going to be devastating. <laughs> it was 80 degrees here yesterday. Yeah, it was 70 here yesterday, too. What? Um, yeah, man, the earth's broken. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Pretty much. But um, I mean, that'll, it'll go away fast. But other than that, not really. I'm waiting to to farm. I'm just dying to farm. <laughs> maybe um, maybe you need to play uh, play some Stardew Valley or something. My iPad's broken, man. I'm just over oh, here just no. itching for some start for video games in general. That's the one thing right now that I keep thinking, like, man, you know what would make all this a lot better? If I was play- <laughs> playing a lot of video games. Yeah. Um, hmm. But you know, I've traded that out for. I'm reading a lot. I've already you're reading, and you're and you're 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 putting down hardwood floors with a Latin teacher. Yeah. God, you're the coolest. No. I know. He's. I'm learning a lot. His daily routine. Are you learning Latin? Just, no, I haven't oh. had to teach me Latin, but honestly, I might get to that point. I don't know. We're, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Every day over there is, is exciting. You know, really learning, really learning about one about laying floors and things that I never knew about. Um, using the big, the big fancy nailer, the big pneumatic nailer, you know, to, to put the floors in using a, using a big chop saw. Um, we're basically sometimes just sitting and looking at the floor and trying to figure out what the heck we're supposed to do to get around this corner or make things line up. I mean, literally I went over there yesterday and I think for three hours we just like looked at this one problem and like tried to fit things in there and kept measuring and we basically accomplished almost nothing. And I'm learning that that's sometimes what construction is, um, <laughs> and carpentry is cause we had been cruising right along. Things have been going so well, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm finding other ways to definitely fill my time without video games, but it's, yeah. I mean, the way our family was growing up, man, we video games was a big part. And it's true. I haven't played video games in a long time. And I've I think, been, like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky recently uh, with my, my buddy Bob, and actually Nate played with us the other day, a group of three. Uh, we yeah. went around and ex- explored the galaxy a little bit. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, is like, also, it's a nice way to connect with brothers and stuff to all play a game. And so yep. I think depending on how much longer this this we start getting more of a timeline, I might I might crack and, and have to buy some form of game system because you know yeah. the time for big purchases is when you're not working very much. Exactly, <laughs> that's what they say. I think exactly that's that's so, the saying. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, so I am missing that a little bit. But you know what? 
filling it with, like I said, my reading goal this year was 35 books and I've, uh, already 50% past that. So out of way. Yeah. I'm already 50% of the way. So this might be thanks to the quarantine, my biggest reading year ever. Uh, <laughs> but makes I mean, sense. That's yeah. I, other than that, there's not really a lot to do. Walk the dog a lot. Yeah, you gotta keep and your dog in good shape. Bacon, I'm baking bread tomorrow. Nice. Baking a cake. We're having, we are having a dinner party with our neighbors up, you know, Kaylee and Doug, because there's just the four of us. And we figure, yeah. you know, this is still pretty a pretty small group setting. And you all technically live in the same house. Yeah. So it's you know one way to kind of we might play some board games or something. I don't know something to keep ourselves semi sane. Yeah. Because um, maybe we're all, we have to play some play some farm word games. <laughs> maybe. Well, uh, do you want to play mind meld? Do, uh, Ready? Sure. Yeah. One, two, three. Coffee. Jeez. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Tropical. Caffeine. What'd you just say? Tropical. You said disease, Wait. and I said coffee. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like nicotine's kind of a disease, you know. Nicotine it's is addictive. not a disease. Yeah, I know it's not. But I was like trying to understand. That's how mind meld works. <sighs> right? I, yeah, I remember how mind meld also doesn't work. Is you're not supposed to argue in between each one. <laughs> what are we on? We, Tropical and caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, one, two, three. Chemistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you say? Bean, bean chemistry. <laughs> All right, let's just give up. <laughs> it's it's uh, a it's a trying time for for everyone. <laughs> well, I have some some bigger topics that you know we can talk about next time we come back around. Cool. I think there'll be some. I'm sure there'll be some interesting developments in the world. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, if we both lose our jobs and the world economy um grinds to a halt, I'm not sure. Well, fields of work may end up being quite the wrong name for this uh, little endeavor of ours. Well, okay, I was just thinking too that this quarantine has has really tied our two not our jobs together, but really brought attention to our two jobs of, you know, farming is one of the few things that is still very necessary right now. Mm-hmm. And you're I want to hear how you gonna, how you explain how mine is necessary. Please continue. Well, not, uh, <laughs> not fully necessary but it really brings to the forefront the things that your company tries True. to work on with you know True. like it, this resiliency type of is, and things like that yeah yeah this type of shakeup is really kind of you know gives us a lot of avenues to talk about what the ready does for companies in general to prepare them for something to yeah. this nature so i feel like you know I maybe we'd find something to talk about no matter what we do but i feel like I if think you were so. well and also job, you know you know we're brothers that? we have things to talk about that is true. Yeah. Plus, if you end up getting like a PlayStation or something, we can just this. We can just you know recap our our adventures. Oh, people love that when you can just talk about the video games you played together. Yep. The jokes we made, or we just become a streaming thing. We just stream ourselves playing video games. I would be very happy to stream myself right now because I am wearing a robe with no shirt, and mm-hmm. I've got you know my hair looks amazing. I have a fresh mustache because I trimmed up my beard yesterday. Actually, yeah. hold on, hold on. Where where's my video? I really, it's not necessary. It's fine. It is necessary. It's going to be mostly hair. Oh my, that stash is just, can I ask something? Yeah. How does, how does Emily feel about the stash? Oh, Emily is super into the stash. <sighs> Coworkers, anyone else? Everyone you... loves my stash. Okay. I'm glad this my isn't My stash gives video. me like weird, like, I mean, weird, weird energy. <laughs> it's some really weird energy, but you know what? Maybe. Maybe a quarantine's the time for me to just shave the beard and rock a stash. Dude, get a stash. We'd be stash brothers. <laughs> well, we're already brothers. <laughs> I know, but then we can also be the stash brothers. We have to stop recording now. Yeah. No, it's good. We're losing it. Okay. I'll talk to well, you later. I'll talk, talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. See you.